Okay, so open up to our Revelation chapter 6. We'll pray and we'll ask God's blessing on our time in the Word. And I just want to say this. Um, you know, before COVID hit, our services were an hour and a half long. And I had like an hour almost to uh, teach every week. So we had a lot of teaching in. And if you're going to go through the Bible in like ever, it takes about 8 to 10 years. Uh, and that's like three services a week. So it's, uh, it's quite a bit, um, with, like I say, with an hour teaching. Um, now we're kind of under COVID rules and we keep our uh, services to a, uh, an hour-ish. Uh, so I'm going to try to finish off Chapter 6, and I just want to apologize in advance for going over because I, I have an idea it's going to happen because I'm just looking at it and I, I think there's a lot here. But anyway, let's get started or we'll never get finished. So let's pray. Father that you would fill me with your spirit to present your word in a spirit-filled way, that you'd fill us with your spirit to enable us to hear the word and to get what you would have us to know, and that you would be glorified in the whole process. Change hearts this morning, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Chapter 5. My, for my thinking, one of the high points in the whole book. Jesus takes the scroll, which is the title deed of the earth, from the right hand of him who sits on the throne, God. And he starts opening up the seals, which is the redemption of the earth. And what is that? Unspeakable horror. So we've, we're four seals in. We talked about the famed four horsemen of the apocalypse last week. And we already have 25% of the earth is dead. It's close to 8 billion right now. There's close to 8 billion people. That means two billion people, unthinkable, unimaginable. And so we get to that place where he's opening the fifth seal, and we're going to see some of the of the dead. Okay, uh, undoubtedly, people die, and it's like any other time when people die. The majority go to hell. And only uh, the minority, uh, the few, if I use biblical language, go to heaven. Everyone thinks that they're going to heaven. And if you ask them why, because they're good people. I, I tell a story, and I like to be sensitive. I was talking to a guy, and I asked him, I said, so, and he was dying. I said, so if God says to you, why should I let you into my heaven? He said, well, because I'm a good person. And I said, what if God were to say to you, you're not good enough? What would you say then? I'd tell him he's a liar. <sighs> Plan B. Think, <laughs> and I didn't know at the time that he was a, a molester. Because I would have pointed that out to him. Even the molester thinks he's a good person who's going to heaven. Isn't that incredible? Oh, no, we're all good people. Uh, the Bible tells us, for all of sin falls short of the glory of God. Jesus says that many are called, few are chosen. It's a broad way that leads to destruction, and there are many on that road. It's a narrow way with a straight gate that leads to eternal life, and there's few that find it. Now, it's not, it's not that God is discriminating. You, you're, you're saved, you're saved, you're saved, you're saved. You're, no, not you, not you, not, oh, definitely not you. Not, it's not like that. 
whosoever will. It's on you. Jesus in Jerusalem crying, saying, I would, I would have gathered you like a chicken under, under her wings, but you would not. People outside of, it's not like God saying, holding anyone at arm's length. But people do that all the time. And, that, and that's, that's, that's on you. Uh, why would God send somebody to hell? Oh, you won't have them. You won't have salvation. You won't have heaven. And then you turn around and blame God for not. But I never understand that. So many here, and we talked about that last week. So the, the that there was okay. Verse eight. I looked, and behold, a pale horse. His name that sat on him was death, and hell followed with him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword, and with hunger, and with death, and with the beasts of the earth. What happens after war? After the introduction of the Antichrist and war? and famine, and pestilence, and all that that went with that last week. Well, hell, that's what happens. Many people die, and the vast majority went to hell. But some didn't. And that's what we're, and that's why I'm talking this way, because now we're going to look at verse 9. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. Under what altar? In heaven. So they're in heaven. Are they part of the church? Oh, no. That ship has sailed. We talk about this. This is after the rapture, after chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. But they, okay, okay, What? let me just spell it out. So we're talking about, you know, salvation and Jesus Christ, and we're talking about the rapture, and hey, it's going to be a time we all disappear, and they're all thinking, yeah, you'll disappear now, crazy person. And then all the people we're talking to, all of a sudden, some of them, get the word, get the idea, after we're gone, after Jesus Christ comes and takes his bride off the earth, there'll be a wake-up call for a lot. You know them. Okay? They will have Bibles. We ain't taking our Bibles to heaven. They'll have, you know, resources. They'll have books. They'll have, you know, they'll have a website they can go on, of many, and listen to all the sermons they want to their little heart's content, and many of them will turn to Christ. I'm we're hoping. <laughs> we, we are, if I said, how many know people in that category they suspect after the rapture will turn to Christ? Every one of us will raise a hand because we know people who are in that category, people we've been witnessing to. Except the Lord. What could what be easier? You're a sinner. He died for sins. He's going to make you right with God by virtue of what he's done. What could be easier? And there's people who won't, and they won't, and they won't, and they won't. I, I, don't, I don't understand why. But after the rapture, some will. I think chapter 9, I mean chapter 6, verse 9 is, okay, when he'd opened the fifth seal, there's no come and see, there's no horse now, right? That's the first four seals. I think all the first four seals are the Antichrist and what happens when the Antichrist appears, okay? But we won't go over that again. But the fifth seal is different. When he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. What's going to happen? The Antichrist is going to appear. Day one of the tribulation, a covenant with Israel, the covenant of death that's called in Isaiah. Day one. You can start counting. Seven years from today, Jesus Christ is going to show up. From that day, I should say, okay? We all understand what I'm saying. Uh, and so the Antichrist comes, he's conquering to conquer, there's death, uh, then there's famine, there's pestilence, there's, there's, and, and that's the, the whole thing. And many are, are swallowed up in hell. There are some are saying, 
uh, no, not joining, not going along, uh, thanks, hard pass, not interested, not interested in anything, because they know, because what we've been telling them, what you know, friends, family have been telling them, what's going to happen? <laughs> Very few believers will make it through the tribulation. We'll talk about them. Some will, but very few. And that day, the price for salvation is most often martyrdom. And I think this verse and other verses we go through, the whole study here will, will tell us that. I saw the altar souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony they held. Remember, John was in the Isle of Patmos where he received this revelation. What? for the word of God and for the testimony that he held. He said, hey, Jesus is Lord. And Domitian said, no, he's not. You go to Patmos and you just live out your exile there forever. Well, Domitian died. He comes back and he's the pastor of Ephesus. And I think he dies at Ephesus. I'm about 99% sure. I think his grave is there and et cetera, et cetera. But uh, that's where he got it because he was, he was exiled to Patmos because he was faithful, because he stood against the emperor and said, not bowing. Well, this is the, these people here. They were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with, a lo- cried with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? Are these church believers? No, no. I say it's after that. And church believers don't, I don't see them crying out for avenge for being avenged. Where are those who, like Stephen, hold not this, this sin to their, to their charge? Like Jesus Christ, Lord, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. We know how to forgive. We're not, we don't cry out for vengeance. We understand as a church, vengeance isn't bad. It's just God's domain. So we let God handle that. Where are those who forgive because bitterness is the result of those who don't forgive? This is, this is a different group. Um, how long, O Lord, holy and true to us, and thou judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on this? So they're crying out for vengeance. They're crying out for justice. Hey, we've been killed, Lord. You've got to settle the score. Are they wrong? Oh, no. No. Does God settle the score? Hey, listen. Hey, listen. 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 Only every time. They're winning. The bad guys are winning. They're getting away with stuff. No, they're not. No, they're not. He, he who sits in heaven will laugh. He will hold them in derision. Oh, you think you're getting old? <laughs> you guys, oh, you're so cute. And then he just clouds up and rains on them. Read Psalm 2. Read the rest of his book. Nobody's getting away with it. And I, I, listen, I say that not with joy. Because, you know, here's the whole thing. Uh, I get away with literally, well, not literally murder. I got away with everything. I got away with, and it, it, and how, how did that work? Um, I asked God to forgive me, and Jesus paid the penalty for my sins. Justice happened. It just happened to Jesus. It didn't happen to me. Grace happened to me. Listen, this salvation is awesome. I take my sin, my wickedness, my unrighteousness, and I trade it for his righteousness, for his goodness, for his mercy, for his, he, he says, I'll take your sin, I'll give you my righteousness. Yes, <laughs> yeah, okay, sign me up, no tradesies back. Th- this is the best deal in the universe, isn't it? It's called salvation. 
available to you today, right here, right now. Anyway, let's keep going. You you gotta you gotta judge them, Lord. And they're right. And white robes were given unto every one of them. Isn't that a little how does this work? I saw under the altar the souls of them. Were they souls? Yeah. Were they physical beings like you and I? No. In heaven, are we going to be physical beings? Yeah. After the resurrection, yeah. That's that's the rapture, right? We talked about that. We talked about the resurrection of, you know, what you don't even have to be dead to enjoy this resurrection that the, the theologians call the rapture, which thing I hate. It's the resurrection. Okay, so we go to heaven. We have a resurrected body, okay? You're confused. Get the I went into this in depth. Get the recording. It will unconfuse you. So we have a resurrected body in heaven enjoying Jesus Christ and all the amazing things he's given us forever. Awesome. And what about these souls? They're souls. Will they be resurrected? Everyone's facing a resurrection. The damned and the just together. Everyone's got a resurrection. Uh, and we'll read about that. And I've made allusion to that many times. They haven't enjoyed their resurrection. Their souls. How do souls wear white robes? I have no idea. I have no idea. Okay. And it was given unto the, every one of them, and it was said unto them they should rest, chill out, relax, remain calm, rest yet for a little season until is an untilness to this. Until their fellow servants also in their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. There's more coming, God says. Then I'll I'll take care of business. I'll you'll have your justice. Okay, so that's the fifth seal, the souls under the uh, under the altar. Now, the crazy one. Now it gets really crazy. If you are on earth during this time, and the five seals have been opened so far, would you know that God is very upset? Um, you may or may not perceive it. I see things happen, and I kind of connect the dots in my own thing. Well, this is because of this, this is because of this. People don't perceive this. Famously, there's a downturn in the economy. Well, it's just because of uh, this This president took over and this gas prices are high because, you know, of these different taxes. And I, th- I, Perhaps, perhaps, I think there's a cause and effect always between the spiritual and what's happening in the physical. I, I just, I see that. People don't make the connection. So we had the rise of the Antichrist, but they don't know him as the Antichrist. They know him as the Savior of the world. This man, he comes in, he makes peace, okay, by war. That should have been their first thing, that things weren't quite right. A lot of people die. There's famine. Well, famine always follows war. People are off fighting when they should be growing crops. Uh, the, the crop place, now it's a battlefield. I mean, you know, there's always, and, you know, is is disruptions in the supply chain and the manufacturing. Oh, we get it. We understand war. So famine happens. That doesn't necessarily... We've had war before. It doesn't mean God's upset. That means people are idiots. And people are fighting, going off to war and things of this nature. And then, you know, now there's pestilence, which very often follows war as well. And then there's people dying. Imagine. We don't know that God's upset. Well, okay. The fifth seal, what happens, is happened in heaven and people don't perceive it. The sixth seal is happening on earth and people get the idea, uh-oh, I think we've offended somebody. And who they've offended 
is very, very, very interesting to me. Let's read it. I can say, six seal stuff gets crazy, okay? I beheld, when he opened the sixth seal, lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. And the stars of heaven fell into the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. And the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? What does all this mean? I have no idea. Well, I have a general idea, and we're going to try to develop it. I have no, because there's books written on this whole, just the sixth seal, okay? And there's a lot of things going on, and we'll try to touch on some of them. He, okay, he opened the sixth seal. Who is he that is opening the sixth seal? The Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, the Lion of the tribe of Judah. We were introduced to him in chapter 5. And what happened? A great earthquake. Adam, there's always been earthquakes. Not like this. Not like this. This is a great earthquake. Okay? And it's prophesied several places in Scripture, most notably like some of the minor prophets in the Old Testament. I should have like, you'll see like a Joel, if you have a gloss, Joel 2.10. Um, you know, the sun became black as sackcloth. I think that's the um, Joel 2.10. Okay, what, what means the sun became black like sackcloth? Okay, the sun went out for a time. You know, that, that kind of harks back to Egypt. You remember one of, the, one of the plagues. Well, in Egypt, God was specifically showing the Egyptians as well as his children these Egyptian gods, there's nothing to them. And the Bible specifically tells us, I think, two or three times that God's plagues were against the gods of Egypt. So Ra, the sun god, Amun-Ra, he gave them a black eye. You know, they worshipped the Nile. God turned it to blood. Effectively saying, yeah, effectively killing their river god. Um, you know, Hecht, interesting in the hieroglyphics, you see that... Um, H-E-C-H-T, just for your, that's how it's phonetically said. She's like half frog, half goddess, and she was the goddess of fertility. Frogs are very prolific, you know. Um, so uh, you remember the when it rained frogs and frogs everywhere? <laughs> it was just frogs, you know. They came up out of the Nile and it was just frogs. It was just, you know, frogs on the earth and there was whole piles of them. Imagine as they were stinking in the hot sun, rotting. That's not goddess rotting there. That's so all the uh, different things were an attack on. And so a lot of, as we read some through these trumpet judgments, read through these uh, opening of the scrolls, we're going to see a lot of things that are similar to Egypt. In Egypt, God's saying, um, "Ra's no god. I'm God, and I can defeat him. Watch." And he, like I say, he gives Ra a black eye, as as it were, figurative language. Now. What's, is that the same thing now? I don't think so. I think it's like, hey, you don't want me around? You're rejecting me? I'm the light of the world. You want to see what darkness looks like without me? Really? Let me give you a little taste of that, just to show you what it's all about. And so there's darkness. Say, uh, Adam, 
duh, flashlights. Can I just say this? God's not mocked. I think a lot, some of us think, like, we're going to collect our brown rice, we're going to get our purified water tablets, we're going to make it through this tribulation, no problem whatsoever. We'll, we'll outfox God. We'll, he, you know, he, we know what he's going to do, so we'll just collect batteries and flashlights and we'll be fine. When God turns the sun out, what happens next? A few hours of uncomfortableness. And then, like, um, remember they in Egypt it was black and they gnawed their tongues for pain? What, that's a blackness that can be felt. I, don't, I can't even understand to get my mind around it. But some scientists try to theorize what would happen if, if the sun turned off. After about three days, it's going to get cold, about 100 degrees below zero and falling. How long can you last? Um, so much so, I think people are going to be hiding in caves and in dens of the earth and for warmth, because I don't care how warm your house is. You know, we're all turn on the electricity together at maximum. There's, there'll be blackouts and brownouts. There are now. In places, you know, in California, stuff like that, when the weather gets real hot and everyone's running their air conditioner, they have brownouts. Uh, I, I, I'm just thinking, this is funny to me, because right now I'm working in Farmington, that big solar array, which will be would be rendered inoperative <laughs> during a, you know, during a blackout, like, you know, anything extensive. You remember when Jesus died, the sun went black for a while. Um, God, as it were, turning his face from what was going on. You know, we talk about his sun, the, you know, his face shining on us, things of this nature. But imagine that. Uh, so what would happen when uh, temperatures plunge? High winds, like hurricane force winds. Uh, people theorize. I, I don't know much about. That. I'm not a climatologist. People say um, it would get very cold, and because it got very cold very fast, that would lead to violent hurricane force winds. Oh, nifty! Now it's blowing violently, and we're all here huddled together in the dark. That sounds like a really good time. And of course, it would pull all the heat from the earth up to the surface, um, uh, resulting in catastrophic earthquakes, tremors. Uh, this is much more scientific than any of us might think. Because people will say, yeah, I can see that. I can see this happen. I can see this happen. We have a great earthquake. We have the sun becoming black as sackcloth of hair and the moon becoming as blood. What does it mean for the moon to become as blood? If the sun goes black, how does the moon have any light? The, the moon doesn't generate light. It only reflects it off the sun. How does it become red or any color for that matter? Uh, you remember there was books uh, just a couple of years ago about the uh, the tetrad, they call it, the four blood moons. And the four blood moons fell on four Jewish holidays over a two-year period. And the last time that happened was in 1967. Of course, that was when Israel captured Jerusalem in the, in the Six-Day War. And then before that, it happened again in 1948 where those four blood moons happened on in two successive years on Jewish holidays. In 1948, of course, that was when Israel became a nation again. And the last time it happened before that was like 1492. And they had an Israel um, connection as well. Uh, Isabella, and uh, the one who sent uh, Columbus off on his famous voyage there, it was a great purge of all Jewish people from um, 
from Spain. Um, there was there was this, they say is a is a Jewish connection, and there was books written and what would come of that and, and things of this nature. And people say, see, it, nothing happened. <sighs> Again, I always think like people fail to connect dots. Is that when I'm mean, we talking about two years ago? Is that when everything went sideways spiritually? It wasn't a, a couple of years ago. It wasn't open season on Christians. He's saying, well, it's not now. You just haven't perceived it yet. The noose is tightening. I told you, 2021, brace for impact. It's already against the law for me to not marry homosexual couples. Can you imagine that? Wait, what happened to freedom of religion? That's like the First Amendment to the Constitution. We, we say these are like God-given rights. The government doesn't give... By the way, you know, it should be self-evident that all men are created equal. It's not in 2021. And that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. It should be self-evident. And how do you have inalienable rights unless they're endowed by a creator? Have you thought that all the way through? Because I was talking to somebody this week about it, and they said, hmm, I never thought of it that way. You should. <laughs> I wasn't sarcastic with them. But I was thinking, like, how do you get inalienable rights? What does inalienable mean? It means, you know, I can't take, put a lien against them. If the government gave us rights, the government can take away rights. Like, shut down the churches. Like, what? What are you talking about? Shut down. No, 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 no. God said. You, you, we, we, don't, we don't have to listen to you. It's the government. You're not God. We have inalienable rights. And, and like, you know, life, living, and pursuit of happiness. Like, like the Bill of Rights. The Bill of Rights. Inalienable. God said. And I think God did say, you know, freedom of speech, freedom of religion. Hey, listen, America, I don't believe in any of that nonsense. Well, God bless you. You don't have to. It's a, it's a land where you are free not to have religion as much as anyone that can practice their religion. And you can be a member of a cult here in America, and we're okay with that. I mean, legally. And you even have rights. We'll protect your rights. Even if you believe in sinister, crazy things that, it's, that you have the right to believe or not believe. I think that's really important. The people who don't want, uh, you know, the, there's a lot of uh, like um, atheists out there. Uh, you know, we don't care about. Yeah, you should care about because your right to not believe is as important as our right to believe. It comes from the same constitution and the same creator behind. I think. Anyway, think that all the way through. Anyway, I, I'm getting. The moon became his blood, and I think that's. I think that actually, this hasn't happened yet scripturally. It's going to happen because this is after the seals are starting to be opened, right? We're in the tribulation proper at this point. But is was that those that blood moon kind of thing? Was that a, a precursor or anything? I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know. I have my suspicions about different things, and I share them for what it's worth. Um, and the stars of heaven fell into the earth. Now that's not possible, you say. Stars don't fall. Well, figuratively, stars we already found out in the book of Revelation are angels. Is this angelic beings coming to the earth? Perhaps, but it, the word stars, it, does, it, just, it doesn't mean stars like battle geese or like, you know, Ceres, dog star. It means heavenly bodies. Is this a meteorite, meteor shower, something like that, a big one? Perhaps, possibly, that would be my best guess. Because it sounds like stars of heaven fell into the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. So it sounds like something happened in the physical. It doesn't sound like a spiritual attack, like 
you know, spirit beings, these are the angels coming to earth. It sounds like like a meteor shower. I mean, look at it. It's the earthquake isn't a spiritual thing. It's a it's just a violent shaking of the earth. The sun becoming black is that like a metaphor for people not being in the light? It could be, but I don't think so. It sounds like the sun becoming black. Uh, does the moon become? It's not blood. It's not like you get up there. You know, you could test it, take a sample back, and would find out you know O negative and stuff. No, it's as blood, and I think it's a visual thing. It looks like it's. It's made of blood, crazy stuff. And I think we're talking about, you know, physical things. And the physical stars or meteorites falling um, to earth. And it gives us a, a, it's like, you know, when a fig tree casts her untimely figs, when she is shaken with a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together. And he's saying, that can't happen. Only, it's only in scripture about, 10 or 12 times in the Old Testament. You can look all these up. And I was thinking of giving us, but uh, heaven can be worn out. And talking about heaven, we're talking about atmospheric heaven. We're talking about uh, outer space heavens, okay? We're not talking about heaven of heaven where God lives. And Scripture knows that. They call this in Scripture, and Scripture says this, three heavens, like heaven, like where birds are, the heavens. And then there's the heavens where like planets are. And we call it the heavens. We even use that. We even say that in English. And then there's heaven, the you know, dwelling place of God. What, like in 1 Corinthians, when Paul goes to third heaven, he says, no, I didn't fly around the earth. I didn't go in outer space. I went to, you know, heaven, you know, where God lives, that place. That's where I went. And he's saying, in the body, out of the body. I don't know. And he goes, and he goes on to say, I, I can't even describe it. It was, it was incredible. Um, the heaven, and we're talking. I think about we're talking about outer space here. Depart as a scroll when it's rolled together. And again, what does that look like? I have no idea. I couldn't draw it. I couldn't make a movie. I couldn't even with you know computer graph. I don't, I don't know. I can't even get my mind around what does it look like for heaven departed as a scroll when it's rolled together. Every mountain and island were moved out of their places. Uh, we have an earthquake. Is it that big an earthquake? Oh, yeah. Yeah, big earthquake. So much affects mountains, affects islands, all of them. I think the whole the whole planet is shaking. Usually earthquakes are more localized. I have an idea of God taking the earth and shaking it like a snow globe. Uh, every island, mountain island moved out of their place. Now some would say, Adam, mountains, isn't that scripturally like kings and kingdoms? Is this talking about a change in the government? I think it could be, but I, I, I think I just take these things very literal as actually happening in the, the literal. I mean, we had a great earthquake, and mountains and islands moving out of their places sounds, uh, sounds about reasonable. Now, here's what happens. The kings of the earth, and the great men, and rich men, and chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man, hid themselves in the dens in the rocks of the mountains. And I think what's happening here is very, very, very literal. Okay? Uh, take it right at face value. And they said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us. So in these rocks and in the caverns and caves of the earth, 
where that are shaking violently, by the way, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne. Oh, what a reveal. What a telling statement. Do they know who's shaking the planet now? Do they see this sun turning red like blood? I mean, moon turning red like blood, sun going out. They, do they understand now it's not just a natural, it's, uh-oh, I think we've offended a deity. But they even know who the deity is. Look at this. Hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. Wow, what a tell. The wrath of the Lamb. That's very... Anyone else know God who's a Lamb besides Jesus Christ? Any any others? Uh, have you ever seen uh, uh, any you know, Lamb gods depicted anywhere over the... How do they know this? Intuitively? Or has somebody been telling them? Is there a cause and effect between the souls of those who are... Uh, they were, they were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. There, there are people getting the word out after the church is gone. They're paying for it with their lives, but the message is getting through, and people are saying, uh-oh. It's very interesting to me. This is very, very interesting to me. I've talked with a lot of people who got saved over the years. You can imagine that, right? Nobody's saying, I don't believe that. I don't know. Many people, right? And I would say, did you, you know, what, tell me your story and stuff like this. Not inevitably and not invariably, but very, very often, people say, I always knew. In my heart of hearts, I always knew. I always believed in Creator God, and I even believed in Jesus, and I even believed He died for our sins. I just couldn't, one, I didn't want Him ruling my life, two, and for other reasons, you know, pride uh, or whatever. Uh, Sometimes I talk about, I, I never know. I never heard. I, I really didn't, I, I didn't know. But that's, that's, they're the outlier. They're not the majority. They're the minority. People, you know, it's, it's, it's more a question of the will. I'm not bowing. I'm not submitting. I'm going to be the captain of my own ship. I'm going to call the shots. I, nobody's telling me what to do. And it usually has to do with who they get to sleep with and what and that whole Listen, we've bitten into the apple. We can tell good from evil, so we think. We don't need God. Really? That's a bad choice. You want to recalibrate. I'm just saying. Here, they're hiding in dens of the earth. Rocks fall on us. They want suicide. Save me from the wrath of him uh, who's sitting on the throne. And from the wrath of the lamb. Well, lambs don't have wrath. Lambs are the most gentle. This one does. This one does. He's an avenging. He's... Listen, we, you think we can set up a storm forever? Really? Now, listen, I want to tell you something about God. I, I got to tell you, just, just let me tell you, I just know, because I know him, I know him real well. He's so merciful. He's so good. He's so gracious. And he's not mocked. What a man sows, that he reaps. And any time you can turn to our loving Heavenly Father, I'm sorry, I messed up, will you forgive me? And let me, let me tell you what, what you'll find. Yes, I will forgive you. Will you make me your own child? Yeah, yes. He will adopt us into his forever family. Here, they, they know they're in a heap of trouble, but they won't repent. 
They're so stubborn. All through this, this makes my head explode. I just can't understand. All through the revelation, people are fighting him every step of the way. The, what's what's this whole thing about? Hey, repent. I'm here. Anytime you want to turn. I won't. I just won't. Really? I I don't I don't listen, for someone who's repented and has turned to the Lord, he's gracious. He's good. He loves us. Turn from religion. You want to repent from something. You want to turn from something. Turn from religion. Religion's not going to help you at all. You think you're going to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps and make yourself presentable to God? Impossible. Never happened yet. Never once. Never ever. Religion says, you know, if I do enough good things, he'll love me. If I don't do any bad things, he'll love me. And the Bible says, oh, he already loves you. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. And whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And here, we, we know what's going on. We're not stupid. Uh, we've upset uh, Jesus Christ, the Lamb. He's really, really ticked off at us. And no, we want the rocks to fall us and hide us from him. When you step into eternity, the one you've been mocking, the one you've been running from is going to be the judge. And you're going to fall into the arms of the gracious God who loves you and died for you. You're going to meet him as judge. And I don't see any scripture that says anything in between one of those outcomes. I don't get points for telling you this. I don't get like people turn to the Lord and I get extra notches on my belt. or Nothing like that. The reason I say this is because, one, I teach the Bible. This is what the Bible teaches, inarguably. And two, just, just altruism. I don't want anyone to go to hell. I really don't. Why? The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, which is given unto us. Anyone know that? You can say, what happened? The Spirit of God came in. Then what happened? He infected your heart with love for everybody. People you didn't even care about. All of a sudden, you love them. How that happened? God did that. God did that. Isn't he amazing? Everything you need, everything you want is in God. The sweetest don't understand it. They understand who's attacking them. And now it's not just, ah, this new guy showed up, not his war, not his family. Now they understand this is an attack from God. God is trying to restore us, trying to bring us to himself. In very, listen, it's the, the, the fuse is lit. This whole thing's going to blow. Now's the time to get, and people are still fighting him every step of the way. I don't understand this. The great day of his wrath is coming. Who shall be able to stand? Well, chapter 7 is going to discuss who's able to stand. I want to just address one thing before we quit here this morning. Chapter 16. And they said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne. Does anyone know any other scripture where people, kings, are hiding in caves from anybody? Does anyone know any? David. Um, yes, when David's hiding in the cave from Saul, I was thinking, of, I didn't even think of that one. But when people are, no, I don't know how to ask the question, anything other. Anyone think of any other situation? Joshua. Remember when Joshua is taking over the land, and you have Adonai Zedek and the kings, and they hide in the caves and say, Save us from the face of Joshua. You know what they're saying? They're saying, save us from the face of Jesus. Joshua, Jesus, same name, right? One's Hebrew, one's Greek, exact same name. Um, Mary had a little boy child, didn't name him, jo- uh, didn't name him Jesus. That's a Greek name. She named him Joshua, uh, as we would say in English, or Yeshua, salvation. His name shall be called 
salvation. Why? Because he's the Savior. Uh, so you read into the Bible and you come to a book called Joshua. A book named Jesus. <laughs> read that, okay? Big clue. Read that book. What happens? This Joshua, who's a general, comes into the land and takes it away from the usurpers, the people who are living there but don't belong there. Uh, remind you of any other Joshua you know? Uh, and they align themselves uh, under this leader named Adonai Zedek, the Lord of Righteousness. Is he really the Lord of Righteousness? No, <laughs> he's fighting Joshua, God's man, right? Uh, but he's posing as the Lord of Righteousness. He's the Antichrist in the picture. Uh, so the attack goes on. Before the attack, Joshua sends in two witnesses. Remind you of any Revelation chapter 11 you know? Uh, the two witnesses that God's going to... Listen, I'm trying to say this. The book of Joshua is a precursor to the book of Revelation in some very, very interesting ways. Read through the book of Joshua, and you know some stuff, right? And make all the correlations. I bet you'd come up with a dozen, or two dozen maybe, even without even hardly trying. And so that you know that, that chapter, that famed chapter, where they, where they say, uh, oh, rocks fall and save us from the face of Joshua. It's harks back to Revelation chapter 6, where kings of the earth are crying out, rocks fall on us. They're hiding in caves. And, and there's, a, there's a general there named Joshua who is, oh, they're in a heap of trouble. Later on, they bring him out of the caves. What happens? Here's the mighty men and the captains and stuff stand on their neck. And what is that, some macho thing? What is that? That's, no, that means total subjection. Um, do you know in um, Romans chapter 16 where the Bible says God will shortly put Satan under your feet? I'm wearing cleats that day. I'm going to do a jig. I would just want to hear Satan go, as I'm just stepping on his face and on his throat. Why? He has held so many people who I love in bondage and promised that he's a liar. Why do we follow him? We do it all the time. I just want to show you something. There's God's people, blessing and reward, and just and people who oppose themselves against God. That, why would we do that? It, it, listen, blackness, and, and, and we're going to end up in a cave praying for the rocks to fall on us. Think it all the way through. Is the, are, these, are these extreme and very stark? Yeah, and it's supposed to be that way. You have a loving Heavenly Father who so loved you, who gave Jesus Christ to die for your sins. Don't want Him, don't want any part of Him. We're reading about those who say that. And the, 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 the ine inevitable outcome of such a, a, a posture, such a position. It's here in the book. I didn't make it up, okay? I, okay, we'll, we'll go on to chapter 7. Listen, listen. Uh, it's not a happy, feel-good book. Uh, I want to read it because there's a special blessing attached. Well, we need a special blessing because we read stuff like this and it, it's hard. It's hard to read. My pastor heart aches in my chest because I don't want anyone to go to hell. I don't want people to reject Jesus Christ. And people do. But if you, you know, you want to get saved here today, talk to one of us. I'm not going to make you do something publicly and, and, uh, you know, I just, I'm not trying to embarrass or anything, but don't leave here outside of the will of God and say, you can have him. I, I would just, he's, he's good. Stop listening to Satan. He's promising stuff that 
He can't deliver. I'm just going to, that's enough. I'm going to pray. We're going to, Noah's going to come and uh, Isaac and send us out of here in song and let's stand, let's pray. Thank you for loving us, Lord. Thank you for offering us so great a salvation. There's nothing that we could do. There's nothing we ever could do to get you to approve of us. Jesus has done it all, and you've given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. How we love you. How we, how we just adore you. How, how we thank you for just giving us everything. Lord, as we study these things, they're very sobering. I understand that. And I think you made it that way so that we could so we can understand a few things. Lord, soften the hearts of those who would stand against you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.